last week as we wrapped up our journey through the book of Acts. We looked at how if the story is to continue, it is ours to live and ours to sing and ours to tell. And this week I want to look at Matthew chapter 16 verses 24 through 26 where we hear Jesus telling us how we are called to live and and so doing how we are called to continue the story. You see, as I look around our world, as I look at our lives, many of us find ourselves in a mad dash to live, to to try to, to make something of ourselves. And so doing, we're not really living at all. And what I've come to see is that even in Jesus' day, is that there were people that were trying to make a name for themselves, trying to do whatever they had to do to boost their own prominence, to boost their own ego, to boost their own status. And that they found themselves realizing that they were not truly living the life that they were called to either. And in Matthew 20 or Matthew 16 rather, Jesus has something profound to say about this. And it says in Matthew 16 beginning of verse 24 that Jesus said to his disciples, "Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me." For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Now, before we dive into what the scripture actually says, as I've said before, context matters. And if you look at what was happening in Matthew 16, building up to verse 24, what we see is Jesus in verses 1 through 12 uh, pushing back against those that are asking for a sign, urging them to keep their eyes open, saying, I've already given you so many signs and you've missed them. And just like the request for the signs, for a sign, the disciples find themselves requesting for bread. And Jesus says, I am the sign. I am the bread. It seems like he's talking in a code or in a riddle to them. But but Jesus is warning them about the influence of those who are present around them and who would lead them astray. And And he's saying, make sure to pay attention to me, to my truth. He goes on, he says, the little yeast, uh, as he talks about bread, he says, the little yeast can change the outcome of the bread. And he says, but a little incorrect teaching can change the outcome of what Jesus was trying to create inside of his disciples and inside of us. And, And this is that idea that if we cling to incorrect teachings, that it can change and we can believe that we are believing the right thing and be far from And he goes on in verses 13 through 20. Jesus has a conversation with his disciples where he says, Who do the people say that I am? And Peter correctly declares, after being asked who they say he is, he says, You are Christ. And Jesus rewards Peter's response. And he he tells Peter that it was only the Holy Spirit that could give him this truth. He says, You have heard rightly. You have clung to my teachings. And in verses 21 through 23, Jesus then tells of his suffering and death that is to come. 
Something that would come very soon, actually, after this proclamation. And we hear Peter say, Jesus, I will never let that happen. And then we hear that utterance that has become so famous in our biblical teachings where Jesus looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. Because just like the request for a sign and just like the request for bread, the disciples again have missed the point. They're concerned about merely human concerns, as Jesus says in verse 23. And so Jesus looks at them and says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, must take up their cross, and must follow me. You must lose your life to find it. And in verse 25 he says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And this this paradox seems impossible. It seems like we can't even wrap our minds around what he's trying to say. Wanting to save your life means that you ultimately lose it, but choosing to lose your life will ultimately mean that you find it? And what Jesus is pointing the disciples to and is, is trying to teach us this day is to understand that our life is not our own. And the sooner that we realize this, the quicker that we can realize why we were created. That our very existence, our life, our reality is a gift from God the Creator to use to glorify the one who gave it to us. And without this proper realization of where you stand in relation to God's power as Creator, life is meaningless. Life is futile. You find yourself going through motions trying to create a life for yourself, but it's not the life that you were created to live. when we realize this who we are and whose we are we can begin to understand that we are not our own and we can begin to understand that we are called and created to live a life to glorify and honor God we realize that we are here because God chose for us to be here there are many people in this world that try so many things and are into so many things in an attempt to truly live and God says Be who I called you to be. Be here. Be and live what it is that I'm calling you to do. Our life is a gift. Our existence is a privilege. Losing our lives means that we will find our lives. Losing, giving up Our desire for our lives means that we will find what our life is truly called and created to be. Denying ourselves, taking up our cross, following Jesus means that we will begin to understand our real purpose. Why we were created, why we exist before God. We do so by, as Jesus said, denying ourselves. We live in a world where we are so filled with our own preferences and choices, our own desires, things that we want, and we want them when we want them. We live in an instant gratification world that talks, that says, I want what I want, and I want it now, much like Veruca Salt and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We want to do what we want to do, and we want to do it when we want to do it, and and then we will seek God's approval for what we have chosen to do. The way of Jesus says that the first step is to not to, to deny ourselves. Deny your preferences, your desires, and come to Jesus as a blank slate. I came across this as I was doing some research that in Jesus' day there was a thing called a tabula rasa. 
And it was a common practice for people in Jesus' day to take notes on a wax slate. A person would etch into the wax whatever it is that they wanted to remember, and then, after they had retained it, when it was time to clear the wax, they would simply heat it up, the wax would go back to it, and they would smooth it off, and they would have a clean slate. Becoming a blank slate is the dying ourselves. It is the first step in the way of Jesus. To be who God calls us to be means that we take our own wants and desires and we are warmed by the fire of the Holy Spirit that which cleanses and erases us that God may write His purpose and His desires on our hearts. Jesus goes on and says, Take up your cross and follow me. Taking up your cross, if the first step is denial and becoming a blank slate, then the, which is a step of purification and refinement, then this step is a step of action and initiative to follow Jesus. We, we must take up our cross. Taking up our cross means that we are to live a public life of discipleship before others. That, that while persecution may come our way and will come our way, we are called to still glorify and honor and serve. Followers of Jesus are bold and public ambassadors of God's grace and love. We must stand firm and strong in the midst of insults and mockery, just like Jesus did on the Via Della Rosa. Even when others do not understand why we choose to follow Jesus, we must take up our cross at the same time. Even when we are marked and and mocked for following Jesus, we must choose to shoulder our cross. Because we are called to follow Jesus. We're called to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. Following Jesus wherever he would go are the steps in in the kind of life in which Jesus calls us to. Carrying the cross isn't enough if we are not following Jesus' steps. When so many of us go, oh, it's my burden to bear, it's my cross to bear, but that's great, but sometimes we're doing it out of our own wants and desires, and we go, oh, look at me being persecuted, and we're not even following Jesus. I'm reminded that this term of disciple, that there was a phrase that I came across that a disciple, you could tell who uh, someone was a disciple of because they would have the dust from their sandals caked on their face. You would, you would follow them so closely that the dust of their sandals, you would want to see every step they took and why they did what they did. And that's what we're called to do as disciples of Jesus Christ. To take on the name of Christian is following Jesus so much so that we have been adopted into his family. We've decided to be like him and we want to be named after him. And as we follow, we are changed and molded into who and what Jesus wants us to be. We, we take our, our tabula rasa and allow God to write the story of our lives to cultivate the fruits of the Spirit, to impart the gifts of the Spirit inside of us. Following Jesus allows us to begin to walk in the freedom and power of the Holy Spirit, to continue the story of the book of Acts, to sing the song of love and grace and mercy. Because remember, Jesus says in verses 24 and 25, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. 
Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Too many of us are busy making our own lives, trying to live the life that we desire for ourselves, create a life for us and our families. But I invite you today to consider your place before God. Consider your existence in a wonderful and generous creator. Realize that God loves and created you. This is the God who desires a relationship with you. God sent Jesus to show us the way to live in freedom and in the reality of God's great love for us. God desires that we live in that freedom. But remember, remember that the resurrected life first requires the crucified life. It it requires the denial of self. It requires that we take up the cross. It requires that we die to self in order that we may be raised to follow Jesus Christ unto death, that we may experience resurrection. Too busy, too caught up in the world, trying to make a life and a name for ourselves. And Jesus comes and says, Get a life, but let it be the life that I have called and created you for. Give up your own wants and desires. Listen for my call. Deny yourself, and when you're persecuted for following me, just take up your cross and know that it is a burden that you must bear. Because in order to live the life of resurrection and freedom, we must first be crucified and die to ourselves, to our own wants, and to our own desires. Amen. Amen.